thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games in the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Lawrence and I'm joined by... This is Dad. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. We're recording two episodes on the bounce, so I already know how you are. But for the listeners at home, how are you today? I'm okay. We're making lots of loud noises. As previously mentioned, it's just me and my cat at the moment. Mm. I'm sure she's... um, Dobby. Wondering what on earth is going on, because there are lots of loud noises coming from this room. Well... um, And she's not come in since... Well, don't blame her. I'd stay away from you as well if I if I was your cat. Um, That's everything on this week's cat news. No, fantastic. Uh, cat news for me is that Spyro's still in my office. So, cage. Um, hopefully, writing her memoirs in her cage. Um, yeah, she does. Uh, she does. No, she does have a cat cage, but I don't know where it is. It's only when she goes to like the vet. Frank. Oh, I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know if you can compare it to to, to her. Unfortunately, um, wildly different stories. I think. But moving swiftly on from your very inappropriate comments about my cat in her cage, I think that we should talk about... And Frank this. is beloved. She is. And, and Spyro isn't. <laughs> because she's a loud cat. But, yes, alas, we move onwards for our fourth annual Halloween episode. Can you believe that this is our fourth Halloween episode, by the way? No. <laughs> you know, that's one more than three. I mean, it's not quite five, and it's definitely not six, yeah. but four is quite a lot. Um, four years of you know, my life. Well, if I had a pound for every time we'd done a Halloween episode, I'd have four pounds now. Um, you know, think of all the things you could buy with that. Lots. <laughs> Lots. You could buy four one-pound bags of sweets. Um, Very monosyllabic in this episode. Yes. So, uh, yes, this week... <laughs> We are talking about. <laughs> you weren't expecting that, were you? That was a great response. Yes. Um, yes, we're talking <laughs> about the, the 2022 indie game uh, developed by Darkstone Digital called The Mortuary Assistant. So, as noted, The Mortuary Assistant came out in 2022 in August, originally on Steam for Microsoft platforms. And then came out, I think, not too long ago for... Um, when you say Microsoft platforms, do you mean PC platforms? Yes, for Microsoft-specific <laughs> platforms like Windows XP. Um, but yes, for PC. And then uh, Switch not long after, which I didn't know until you did a little bit of searching. So I thought we were going to have to play this game on Steam, which I did, but you did not. Um, I believe it's the case. You played it on Switch, I believe. Spent 20 great British pounds on this game. Bloody lovely. That's uh, well, 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 we'll come on to whether or not uh, we think that those are fair prices or not. But the um, the average meta score for the Mortuary Assistant is 74. And it's pretty much right down the middle in terms of the critic scores. 50% of the critics thought it was positive and 50% were mixed on it whereas the user score um, was 64% negative, 21% positive and 15% mixed So <laughs> This is a great game for this Interesting, so uh, the most positive 
uh, review on Metacritic um, is from a... So this game is a load of... A load of mortuaries. Um, it's from an outlet called Keen Gamer, which I've never heard of. But it reads, The mortuary assistant manages to capture the power of true horror with unpredictable jump scares at every turn. Constantly changing item locations and demon characteristics force you to pay attention and not get complacent. With well-timed audio and unexpected surprises, the fear factor never leaves you and you have to adapt to the horrors. While controls aren't perfect and visual graphics aren't at their best, it's still a horror experience worth diving into. So that's the uh, that's the highest. That's Keen Gamer. That's Keen Gamer, that is. Your favourite outlets. Some, some have said that. Um... I I I I haven't said that myself, but uh, and are you a keen gamer? Yes, I am. Yes, that's that's quite right. Um, so, like I said, there are no negative, um, no negative reviews here. Um, but interesting that the keen gamer gave it a score of eighty, and the lowest score I found on here is uh, seventy, and that comes from Eurogamer Italy. And the um, the review reads, quotation forthcoming. <laughs> That's funny. Eurogamer Italy, the Italian Eurogamer. <laughs> they just didn't even bother writing anything. Um, just for my um, for my amusement, can you go into one of the user negative reviews and just read one of those? Yes. Uh, okay. So the top one that comes up on negative is from a user called Bakash Z. And he, said, he says, or she says, only worth $5. Demo 20 times better than actual game glitches everywhere. Bad control and looping <laughs> short game. Uh, we've also got... Here we go. This might be a better one, uh, because that one, it wasn't a very good review. Uh, from Maxime Strange, which I believe is your second favourite Metacritic user. That's number two. That's right. They gave it a score of 2 out of 10. <laughs> I really wanted to like it. I really wanted to like it, but I had to return it. Not only is it full of bugs, but it's totally short and repetitive. And in terms of terror, it didn't scare me at all. Bad jump scares and worse graphics. Definitely not worth it for $22. Um, so, yes. Scathing. Scathing from Maxine. Well, the, um, the lowest critic score is a 70 which we we said is Eurogamer Italy but they haven't written anything the next one up from that is also a 70 from there uh, from GameStar <laughs> and I've not heard of everyone's them either everyone's favourite outlet yep everyone's favourite outlet that one and it says creepy mortician horror with believable corpse preservation and procedural demon terror however both quickly become monotonous so mm. there we are so, those- so we've really run through the gamuts of all the reviews, really, all of them. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting because one of the users gave it a, a ten, um, and you know, I'm not gonna not gonna read the the review, but do you want to know what the user's name is? <laughs> Mr. Blobby. <laughs> it's not Mr. Blobby this time, no. It's Blobby two five four. It's Andy Magpie three. So oh, either wow. Andy has a surname that's his family's named after birds, or he just really likes magpies. Um, and he's the third in the line. He is third in line to the Magpie Fortune. <laughs> um, so yes, as you can tell, we've been filming. We've been recording two episodes back to back. So yes, yes, this isn't a very spooky start to our Halloween episode, but here we are. So 
Yes, the mortuary assistant. What's what's the plot of this game? And do you have any history with it first, I suppose? No, as I said, just knew the name. Didn't know anything about it. Um, the plot is you are a mortuary assistant and you are looking for work and you find work at a... Um, what do they call it? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> a mortician's place? Oh, like... A funeral parlour. A funeral okay. parlour, there you go. A mortician's place. A mortician's house. Yes, at a mortician's house, um, you, you find work there, and you're speaking to your grandmother before you go, and she warns you that the place is a bit untoward, whatever that means. Um, and you go there, you do your first training shift, the uh, the funeral person, the undertaker, I don't know, uh, the guy, the mortician, he says to you, he whispers in your ear, you're going to die here. So that's nice. That's mm. what you want to hear on your first day on the job. That's what they said to um, me in my place. Yeah. It's just not, not called for these days. That's um, right. So you do that and then you go home. You think you've screwed everything up because he, t- he told you to leave partway through the... Um, the my, my brain's gone dead. What, what, what do they call it? Uh, the autopsy. Yes. Um, so yes, partway through the autopsy. You're, oh no, you're, you're preparing the body, so it's not an autopsy at all. Um, but you're, you're, you're going through the, body. The, the embalming embalming procedure. process. Yeah. Yes. Partway through the embalming procedure, you're you're told to leave by our friend the Raymond mortician. Raymond Mortician Face. That's correct. <laughs> and you go home, and you think you've screwed up, and then you get a phone call from Raymond Mortician Face, and very late at night. I mean. It's very late at night. It's stormy weather, as it always is. And he asks you to come in and embalm three bodies. And you go in, you do that. You get locked Basically, in. it turns out that you are being haunted by a demon. It is possessing one of the bodies. And it's your job to find out which body it is possessing through the embalming process. And cremate that particular body. There are quite a few endings. The ending I got, spoilers, was that I cremated the demon. And then lovely Raymond said to me, Oh, by the way, you're going to be followed by demons for the rest of your life. Once they've got your scent, they're never going to let go. So do you want to come work for me? And that was it. And uh, did, did you fancy working for him after that? I walked out... And ah, never went back. Never went back. That's uh, that's interesting. Um, I I mean I um, playing through this game. I, I said to Dan yesterday that uh, I kind of ran out of time with this game. I've played it before, um, but at the moment I'm particularly broke and I couldn't afford to buy it. But luckily, one of my friends who I suggested this game to before, who I've played it with him before, I said I need to go revisit this game. Can I pop over? And we played it on um, on on his on his PC. So yes, we were kind of playing it together. Um, but the ending that we got is where you pick the wrong uh, the wrong demon because we weren't paying enough attention. Um, and I imagine it's quite fun with two people in a room. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it's good. Um, but yeah, the the ending that I get is the demon kills Raymond, um, and it's, it's it's quite brutal. But yeah, the the game. 
story is is like what you've just said. You, you get locked in the mortuary overnight, and it's your job to work out which of the bodies is um, housing the demon and destroy the body whilst also going through the process of your normal job which is um embalming the the corpses um which is quite quite in depth and i watched it's in depth but straightforward at the same time yeah and it, it, it's funny because i watched a video where it was talking about uh getting used to playing this game and how when you start a new job you know, you're, you're you're looking around and you're, you're double-checking everything. You're double-checking your list, make sure you're doing everything. But after a while, you don't even need to look at it. You know where everything is and you know what you're doing. And that kind of happens with this game in that, you know, you've got a checklist of things that you need to do to the corpses. Um, so you need to um, kind of knock in these these nails into their, um, into their gums and sew their mouths shut and then, um, you know, put these uh, eye covers on them and close their eyes and you know drain the blood from their bodies and it it is all very in depth and it is I find it to be quite creepy like I can't imagine doing that job one of my friends he has a friend so I'd say he's an acquaintance I've been been on a stag do with him but he's he's not someone I know well but for a while I don't know if he still does it but he worked at a funeral home um kind of preparing the bodies for either funerals or for the family coming to to see them and i just can't i can't imagine a worse job than just doing like preparing dead bodies it sounds horrendous um i think um from what i've heard which is not a great deal but i think like any job it kind of becomes normal yeah and it probably um it probably helps you to come to terms with death and it's just something we all face isn't it um not to go (laughs) too bleak into this episode yes quite um but yeah the, the gameplay loop is that you're preparing dead bodies to be embalmed so there's no need really to to say what do you do in this game because it is effectively just preparing bodies and trying to work out using different clues and um, symbols that you find around the the office, which body is the, has the demon in it. And the, the game that I would most compare this to in terms of, I've not played many horror games and I think you're a bit more into horror than I am, aren't you? Um, You quite enjoy a horror film and you, you enjoy a few horror games here and there. Oh uh, yeah, I like I like my horror games. The game that I would most liken this to of the things that I've played is PT. Silent Hill Two. Is Silent Hill Two because there are pyramid heads in it and they look great. Um but no, it would be PT. PT. And have you played PT? I played it uh with you. Yeah, I thought you might have done. And I think this game has quite a lot of strong comparisons to PT. And a lot of people say that PT is one of the spookiest games that there ever, well, that there never was. And, you know, that was going to become Silent Hills. But it's a shame that that never came to fruition because PT was incredibly creepy. And, yeah. I mean, what do you expect from the minds of Hideo Kojima and Gu- uh, Guillermo del Toro? Um, Guillermo. There you go. 
pronounce that again for me? Guillermo.org. Guillermo. There we are. See, I've learnt something. But I see quite a lot of similarities, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if the developer of this game, which is a single person, by the way, but it wouldn't surprise me if they took a lot of influence, maybe, from PT in terms of the things that happen around you and the jump scares, etc. So... Did you find this game particularly spooky or, you know, did it creep you out at all? Yeah, it's um, one thing. I don't know if we'll get onto this. I don't know what you've got planned for the episode. We never share uh, any more our plans for the episode. And I think it's better that way because it's a bit fresher. Um, One thing that I think this game does well is the atmosphere. I think from the off, it's got quite a... It's got quite a good atmosphere, and that is the strongest point. Stronger than the jump scares, stronger than all that stuff, stronger than even the quite well trodden plot, um, which is basically not dissimilar to Paranormal Activity. Yeah. Um, so I think the atmosphere is very good, and yeah, I'd say it's it's quite scary. I wouldn't say it's the scariest thing I've ever played or no. the scariest piece of media I've ever encountered. Um, but yeah, it's quite scary, but it's also a bit clumsy with its jump scares. And yeah, you, you can't... The fail states in this game are you get a bad ending. Yeah. There's no death um, except if you get to the ending. Mm-hmm. And you can't, on the shift, do anything wrong. Um, it, no. again except it just takes you a bit longer work towards those worst en- yeah worst endings so and it's always a tricky one in horror because if you can die in horror once you've died a few times what's the worst that can happen yeah um, horror's hard yeah very few games get horror right um, so I, I always admire a game for trying but yeah it's got good atmosphere yeah, not, I, not terrifying, but because I, I I've, I've played through it twice, and both of those times have been with someone. But I've watched playthroughs of this game and people playing it, and so many people when it first came out said it was one of the scariest games they'd ever played, and I can understand why. So I'm not the kind of psychopath, um, unlike you, that would gladly sit in a dark room with my headphones on and play this game on my own. Um, I I'm fine with. I did do films. that the first day. Um, I quite literally sat with my headphones on and played it. Um, I must admit, yesterday when I was playing it, I I did it with just the speakers up rather than <laughs> and something in the background. Yeah. Um, just because I was in the house on my own and my cat kept making noises in other rooms. So yeah. Yeah, I, I cat haunting me. I I can't get my head around people that can just play games like that, like horror games. And I mean, I'm okay with horror films. I've lived on my own since I was 20, uh, since 2016. So I'm used to my own company and I'm used to, you know, noises around the house, etc. You live with your cats, don't forget. And I, well, I do live with my cat, but she's also a little creep. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's by the yeah, by with, exist. with, well, it's by the by with Spiz. But, um, I, I don't think I could play this game on my own. Um, and I don't think that I'm someone that's particularly... Like, jump scares don't really bother me too much. No, um, same. 
I think for me, it's the mental fatigue of these games. And we brought it up a couple of times, but when you and me went to go and watch The Evil Dead at the cinema in 2010 or whenever it oh, was. yeah. And... Harrowing. Yeah. The, the intensity of that film was what got to me. And something that someone said when I was listening to uh, watching a review of this game is that there isn't a lot in this game that will that will scare you but it's it's your imagination that is what what will get you and you know there are there are numerous demons haunting you in this game and you'll be walking past a cupboard and there'll be a little face sticking out and then all of a sudden it will it will go back in or you'll turn a corner and there'll be this black shadowy figure looking at you and then all of a sudden you'll turn around and one of the corpses is standing up staring at you or you know, myriad other things. And there there's there's a part <laughs> I think it's it's the it's the normal things that are always the most creepy when Rebecca's grandma is at the window. Did you did that yeah, happen I got to that you? One. Yeah. Like I don't know, there's something about that and it's funny Then I moved towards her and she just slid off to the right. It's horrible. And it, there's something <laughs> like that dif- different horror things do different things to different people. And my friend that I played this game with, he um, he played it for the first time last year on my recommendation because I'd seen some videos on it. And when he plays games, um, he likes he, like he'll occasionally smoke weed when he plays games um, to space him out. <laughs> he told me it was like when he finished it, he said, "Oh mate, like there was this one section and it fully got me." I was like, "What happened?" And um, apparently he was just getting on with his tasks. He wasn't that, you know, he wasn't feeling super alert or, or super freaked out. He was quite chilled. And then all of a sudden he was just doing it. And then he heard, Rebecca! <laughs> and it made him completely lose his mind. And he had to, like, take a moment to, to, to like, take his headphones or step away and be like, nah, okay, I'm all right. This is fine. Um, but it's different things that affect different people, isn't it? For me... It's the the normality of things being a little bit not as they should be, and faces particularly freak me out a bit, which is why it's always a struggle in the morning looking in the mirror. Um, particularly that of Mister Blobby who follows you around. That's right. He is my uh, he he's my my poltergeist. Um, is Mister Blobby? But moving forward to to gameplay as king because I think this one is very very different from Resident Evil and Silent Hill which are the games we've covered previously. Oh, yeah. So firstly do you think this game is fun to play? No. <laughs> Fair enough. Please elaborate. No. Uh it's tedious. I found this game really quite tedious to play. I think the atmosphere is the strongest point. I agree. Um I wanted to get to the end and I found it tedious. And and I think you mentioned monotony that one of the critics uh, mentioned in their review of the game, and I think this game is deliberately monotonous. You are doing the same task over and over again, but that's not what it's about. It's about um, the things that can happen to you while you're doing that task. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. the familiarity with that task, I think, is necessary. Yeah, because it puts you into I a think false sense of security, is... doesn't it? Yeah, and and it means that you, once you've embalmed one body or two bodies, you you start to remember how to do it, and you can do it more quickly. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a necessary part of this game. It's 
it's sort of this game's gameplay loop. Um, I don't think this game is meant to be fun in any way, shape, or form. I think this game is tedious to play. Mm -hmm. I think some of that tedium is built in. And Um, I, I think it's important to say that some games are designed that way and they're great because of it. Like the, the main one. That well, I it's think... like we said. Go on. In one of our best episodes, we talked about the the Last of Us. Well, I say one of our best episodes. In our opinion, um, we talked about the Last of Us Part Two, and I think a similar conversation occurred there. Both of us said this game is not fun to play. It's uh, it's harrowing. Yep. But that doesn't make it any less. I'm. I mean, I'm not putting this game in the league of the Last of Us Part Two. Mm, but sounds like you might be. I think. <laughs> I am. I am. It's. Oh, yeah. I, I know what you mean. And I think some games do tedium well and it actually adds to it. So an example that I would use is another indie game that won a load of awards when it came out a few years ago called Papers, Please. Do you, yeah. do you, you know about that game, don't you? And you're effectively, yeah. you work at um, a border into border um, like an Eastern European country uh, called Ostotska. And it's your job to, to check that people's papers are in order and that their passport hasn't expired and they've got the right visas and stuff. And tedium, you know, it gets to a point where you're so used to your job that you start making mistakes because you're not looking for things. And I think that's an important thing to bring up with Mortuary Assistant is that you get to a point where you feel confident with what you're doing. But then as soon as you do feel confident and you're not having to check your clipboard to see that you're doing all the right things, it's when things start going wrong. And when, you know, the game will start throwing stuff at you that will really throw you off. Um, but I, I agree with you. This is a tedious game, but I don't think that doesn't... Fun isn't the right word, but it doesn't make it less of a a pleasure to pe- to play. But it's the kind of game that you can only play maybe once or twice before, you know, it's, it's run its course. Yeah, it's not maybe. my idea of a good time. No, and, and, and that's fair enough. Was there... There are no moves in this game and there, there are no... no kind of actions that you do but was there anything in this game that stood out to you that you really liked I suppose is how I'll change the question for this game well uh, playing this game um, during the Halloween period we got some Halloween dressing to the um, the the morgue the I've forgotten its name again (laughs) the funeral parlor parlor. we had a bit of uh, Halloween dressing and there were some some banners and uh, little pumpkins and i thought that was quite a nice touch um i quite like it when games do thematic Mm. holiday events and i wasn't expecting it in this game and obviously it was my first time playing it so i thought is the game set at halloween and then i looked online and it was a halloween event yeah so i thought that was quite cool there's also a christmas event that they do as well yeah it it, it is nice when games do that um and they just kind of throw something a little bit different in there even it was also a a halloween body Halloween body as well. Yeah, so there was a clown, um, and I got the clown, and the clown was the one that was possessed. So I when think... I first saw that it was a clown, I thought, uh, why is that there? And I thought, um, maybe this is um, one of the jump scares, rather than being the actual body. Mm. And then it turns out it's the actual body that no, I was no way. embalming. Um, may- maybe um, maybe he didn't update the game when I played it. Cause we, like I say, we played it on PC, but that wasn't in there. Um so maybe I'm updated. I don't know. That's a shame. Uh, but that, that's quite cool. That's a quite cool touch. Um, particularly as the clown was the body, the, the, the demon for you. Yes, and it was smiling all the bloody time. And was it a nice smile? It was a very pretty smile. 
that's the main thing then. I respect that. Um, okay, so talk a little bit about the, uh, the 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 look of this game. What did you think of it? This is a game that came out a year ago, but also it was developed by an indie studio and more importantly by one, ma- one man, I believe it was. Um, but what, what do you think of um, this game? The, uh, I, su- I suppose credit where it's due, and you've got to you've got to take into account the limitations that someone's working with. Um, as I said, with the atmosphere, this game is very atmospheric, and the funeral parlor itself feels well realized. Um, you can actually go outside. I don't know why you'd want to, but you can go outside at any time, and um, it's horrifying out there. So don't go outside. But it feels like a place. The funeral yeah. parlor, um, less so your apartment. That just feels like a like a level in a game. But yeah, the, the funeral parlor feels like a place, and it feels detailed. And you can look around, you can see things that add to this environment. Uh, the, the biggest compliment I can pay this game is the funeral parlor itself. Um, the character models are not great, and this game is a bit glitchy and. Mm-hmm. It ran fairly smoothly, but yeah, I, I had to restart the game a couple of times because it went wrong. Um, yeah. And one of the times I lost quite a bit of progress, so that was a bit annoying. Did you say a Yeah, word? so it, I, I took a break and I said I need to take a break. Um, yeah, it, it's never going to win best looking game and um, it's not going to age well. This sort of art style never will. No, it does the job. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. So, moving to the questione of the week, what you I want, want to mention the um, audio. I was going to come to the audio afterwards, but we can bring up the audio okay, now. What, okay. what are your thoughts no, on the no, audio? No, you, you, uh, we'll, we'll go with your structure. No, it's fine. I'm, I'm. Uh, I mean, I, I have a structure, but it's very loose as always. I'm just winging my way through life. So, what, what do you reckon of the audio? Um, it's one of the strongest points. I think the voice acting is very good for um, a small budget game. Mm-hmm. They've actually got some solid actors in there and they sound um, emotionally how they should sound given the situation that they're in. And it's creepy. Like when he says to you, you're going to die here. It's like when you said that your friend heard the Rebecca um, <laughs> quite loudly and you've got the taps and the creaks and the storm outside and it's that ambient soundtrack that's very well done and there's always something going on in the background because you're in such a small space with um, a handful of rooms and there's a there's quite a cool surround sort of sound system where you can tell where the sound is coming from but you don't want to go there so yeah the sound is very good that's that's easily the strongest aspects um, in terms of the presentation yeah, there isn't really there isn't really music in this game. It is all kind of background noises, like you say, the storm, the rain, and one of the one of the noises that is a constant, well, almost a constant because you're, you're you're using it a lot is the the machine that you turn on when you start draining people's blood, and yeah, it's loud. really loud. Um, and I think having that there, it kind of puts you on edge because. Whilst that's on, you can't hear anything else that's going on or you can't hear things moving It's discordant, around. isn't it? It's an unsettling sound. It and is. The calm, well, it's not calm, but the quiet um, of the funeral parlour. It's like the unwelcome visitor 
um, in the, the funeral parlour that noise because it kind and of. Funnily puts, enough, puts you say the... that. Um, so <laughs> I was watching stuff in the background yesterday when I was playing. I eventually had to pause it because I could hear the game. I could hear the sound of the TV. I could hear the cat running around. And all the sounds started to become overwhelming. Mm. And I had to just stop some of the sounds. So, again, actually, that's quite an effective device in terms of sound that developers can use. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like, like you say, atmosphere is so important in this game. And it's what the game does well. And I think... The overwhelming element of this game. Silence can be overwhelming, can't it? You know, of course it, it can. It can be the case that sometimes things are so quiet that you just need to hear something. Otherwise, you can get very stressed out by it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the, the the minimal sounds in this game are done very well and they're used well as well. Uh, and I don't think I could say the word well anymore in that sentence. But uh, <laughs> well, it, well, 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 here we are. <laughs> so the question of the week I I was I was thinking about it. So, like we said, this is our fourth horror game that we've done on the list. And the last three, maybe not, but two of them have been survival horror games. Silent Hill 2, I would probably put as more of a thriller than a horror to some extent. I think it is a it, it's a it is it follows that established survival horror mm. um formula, but it, it does but it's very Doesn't different quite from Resident conform. Evil. Yeah, it is. It's, I mean, Resident Evil has always been a more action-based title, whereas the survival is really emphasised and the psychological aspects are really emphasised in Silent Hill 2. Yeah. So we've played two survival horror games, one that's probably a survival horror game too with a, a little bit of a thriller element in there. And this one, this one I would say is probably the most like generically horror game that we've covered if you know what i mean yeah. there, there's no survival horror element to this game this is just a this is just a it's creepy like a, game a point and click horror game yeah yeah a little bit and we haven't really seen any horror games in the top 100 list yeah it's a shame really and i suppose i don't know if it's really linked to games but maybe it is. Maybe you could kind of cater this into what you what what you'd want to see in a horror game. But what scares you is the question that I'm going to ask this uh, okay today. What scares you? And for for bonus points, feel free as to how you would implement that into a, into a game. Sometimes I lose track of the anecdotes that we've um, mm. we've discussed. Same over the course of the four years that we've been doing this. So apologies if I am repeating myself. Um, so different things scare different people. My girlfriend, she finds zombies very scary. Um, some people find ghosts or um, vampires scary. And I think ghosts can be scary to a degree in terms of uh, supernatural things. The thing that actually I do find, I, I'm, I, I do feel like I've, I've mentioned this before. Um, demons are the thing that I find, I, and I don't quite know what it is about demons that does it to me. Um, the, the film that got me more than any other, there's a couple of films actually, but um, yeah, the film that got me more than any other film in my life 
um, I don't quite know why or how, is Paranormal Activity. Yeah. So I, I went and watched that at a friend's and started watching it. I found it, I mean, we were watching it in a group of like four people. I found it quite amusing at the time and um, didn't really feel like it was that scary while watching it, but obviously it was. And that that film somehow tapped into something in my mind and really played on my mind. And I kid you not, for the next month or two months, um, it's all I could think about at night. And... <clears throat> Yeah, <clears throat> I'm not crying, by the way. Um, that's my throat. <laughs> it's that been so long really since you've seen that film. You've over it, and now you're in tears. Yeah, uh, as good as that would be. Yeah, it wasn't a dramatic breakdown um, during the episode. So, uh, yeah, it really, it really captured something, and I, I don't know what it was. I think it's the thing with demons. Obviously, this is all if you buy into the mythology of demons and. It's that they're. It's that something can happen, and and they they did this well in the original Paranormal Activity. Something can happen in someone's past. I'm not not an incredibly superstitious person, actually. Um, I don't know really what I believe, but I'd say I lean more towards skepticism. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the the fact that in theory something can ha- happen in someone's past, that. Um, can bind you to a demon and because of that it's going to follow you for the rest of your days wherever you go and you can do whatever you want to the house but it's always going to be there and this demon in paranormal activity is an unrelenting bastard basically and it just doesn't stop and there's no getting away from it um there's a fantastic film um fantastic horror film that i would really recommend to any um horror aficionado i'd recommend it to you as well um, it's called It Follows, um, and again, I feel like I might have mentioned this before. Um, so It Follows is about this thing called It. So when the... Um, it's about students. So when they have sex, they pass on the It like a sexually transmitted disease mm. to the next person, and It follows the next person once it kills that person it will go for the next person up the chain that gave them the disease and it will work its way up in theory until it reaches the original person and it never really is described to the get to the film's benefit what caused this and why it works that way but it follows that the thing that's special about it follows is that um they can go anywhere. They can drive to a nearby town. This thing just walks towards them. It, it can change its shape. But you just see in the background of um, certain scenes, you'll see in the distance something walking. And it's it. And it's just yeah. creepy as hell. And it's getting closer and closer to the camera. And it's just the idea that this thing never stops. Wherever you are, you can drive... Um, you can go to another country. This thing will probably get on a plane and follow you there. Um, it just does not stop, doesn't speak, and kills you. Um, that gets me. 
there's something very frightening about that. And, and it's the same with the demon, the fact that this thing does not stop, that there is no escape. There's, there's usually um, a failsafe in horror films. There's a, there's a get out. Yeah. And there might be a twist at the end, but these things don't have get outs. And in at the end of it follows, and in fact, I'm not going to spoil it. I'll just, just go and watch it because I really recommend that film. It's got a fantastic soundtrack as well. Um, really good. I think it's an indie horror film and it's just, just brilliant. Um, I may watch it again at Halloween. So go and watch that. What scares me is things pursuing me relentlessly that I don't know what are. That's fair. I think that's a good answer. And what scares you? Snakes. Specifically <laughs> specifically on ones on a plane. Um No, I'm I'm so there's a word for people like me and it's called an ophidiophobist. Um but okay. I I have a very, very deep fear of snakes. Um and I, I, I can't really explain it. I mean it's to the point where I can't even uh, get through watching the last kind of half an hour of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets because the, the the basilisk. Um, I'm, I, I just I just cannot do snakes, and linking with that, I suppose there's also a, a fear of the unknown, and I think when you put snakes in line with something of the unknown, it takes when you think of snakes being on a plane and Samuel L. Jackson being there, that is the scariest thing I can think of. Um, but when I think of snakes and then I think of the unknown, it takes me to the only logical place that I can think, which is the sea. And okay, I think you know uh, it, it, it's it's said that we know more about space than we do about the ocean, and yeah. you know that there are that there's such a thing as sea snakes and eels and stuff, which I don't like. But there's um there's a game that I've not played. And I don't think I would be able to play it uh, called Subnautica. And oh, yeah. from what I understand, it isn't a horror game. But I think because of what it is, it can absolutely be a horror game because you are exploring. Yeah, it has horror elements, but it's, yeah, it's an exploration game mm. where you are delving under the sea and you're yeah, submerged. Yes. And, you know, there was there'd be occasionally times when I was playing um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag and there are these sections where you can go underwater and I just wouldn't do it because it just freaked me out so much. Um, and as a kid, I never had a problem going in the sea. I don't think I'd have too much of an issue going in the sea now. Um, but there's just something very scary and very sinister about the fact that we don't actually know what is in the sea. We don't know what's down there. You know, and there was a lot of uh, interest in, you know, the very depths of the sea a few months ago. We're recording this in October 2023. Yeah. But when the yeah. um, when the submersible Titan went, yeah, the Titan submersible went missing on its way down to the Titanic. And I found that fascinating in its own yeah, morbid way. I I also find the Titanic so interesting and i've you know i've watched documentaries and watched all of the the latest footage of you know cameras going around the wreck but looking that like they did a 3d model of it didn't they not so long ago of what it actually looks like on the ocean floor and looking at it how big it is and the way it looks now i just like looking at it it's frightening because yeah it's been down there for so long and personally, for me, I think that the people that went down to to 
do a tour of the Titanic is wrong. Uh, the Titanic's a graveyard. Um, yeah. And, and it should be left alone. But yeah, the the idea something of, almost spiritual about it, isn't there? Something yeah, about absolutely. This place that's untouched by time. Mm. These um, yeah, it went down in nineteen twelve, and since the then it's been it's untouched. You know, it, you know, a hundred and and it's never it's not going to change. Um, no, no, a hundred and eleven years it's been down there now. I think. Um, and you know, you you hear people saying, "Oh, it's my dream to go down to the Titanic." It's like your dreams. What and you know you can't horrifying, yeah you, you you can't knock people for having specific dreams on things that you don't understand but it's just something I can't yeah. get my head around that you want to go and look at a shipwreck that's ten thousand no thirty thousand feet down I think isn't it um, yeah it's mind boggling but yeah um, the sea things in the sea shipwrecks and snakes and maybe. Octopus. There's um octopi. obviously very old school horror by H.P. Lovecraft, which explores um basically the unknown of the sea and Cthulhu and um yeah the ancient ones and yeah there's some there's some good media around that as well some good games around that yeah they're probably not games that I'll play though <laughs> the th- things that I'll avoid but yeah I I, I realise that we've not really talked about the things that that freak us out. Uh, really before so I thought it might be yeah might be an interesting topic on this Halloween episode thematically appropriate yes quite um something else that I wanted to ask is um so for our listeners or well I was about to say to anyone that listens to our podcast but that would literally make you a listener um so to, to our listeners you'd hope is well you would hope is this a game that you would recommend playing if you want like a, an interesting horror game to play, particularly at Halloween? Um, it needs to get in line. Mm-hmm. There are many games that I would recommend before this game. As a light, and what I mean by light is it's, it's easy to play, it's on modern systems, and it won't take you too long to complete as a light kind of um, thing to do on Halloween, the length of a horror film. Yeah, I think it's probably good to, to play with a couple of people. Yeah. In terms of the great pantheon of, of horror greats, um, I think there's so much above this game mm-hmm. that deserves your attention more. Um, and some some I've got some horror games coming up on my side of the list. So we will be going back into the field of horror um, in the not too distant future. Excellent. But yeah, the, the, I think for me the, the the biggest thing that irks me about this game is number one, I didn't enjoy playing it, frankly. But number two mm-hmm. is just the cost of it. So this game is an hour and a half, um, and as I said, it was twenty uh, Great British pounds. Quite and. That's a lot to spend on a game that's um, an hour and a half long that I will never go back to. So even the things it does well, I think they're done better elsewhere. But for us, for this episode, for this Halloween, um, for the time frames we had, it was the right game. So 
uh, yeah, in the in the right environment, I'd recommend it. Mm. It, it certainly wasn't a bad game. Yeah. Um, I, I, what I th- about you? Yeah, I, I'd recommend it as well. And that was the question that I wanted to ask this week rather than does it deserve to be in the top 100 list? Because I don't think it does. And I don't think you think it does either. But I, th- I do. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Do you think it should be number, number one? Number seven. That's fantastic. Well, there you go. That's that's the that's all we needed to know. But but yeah, I, I wanted to see if it was a game that you'd recommend because this isn't the best horror game that is out there. But I I do think it's an interesting game to play, and particularly for for a quick horror game as well. I think it's um it's an interesting one, and it's a shame that it isn't on you know the PlayStation Store or on the Xbox Store um, to play it that way i mean obviously you can play it in docked mode on the switch um which is fine but you know not everyone has a switch more people have um you know home consoles like the xbox or or the the playstation um i don't know i think um well yeah maybe maybe numbers are going through the roof at the moment uh but uh, one thing i would say about the the switch version is it's good to play as with any horror game, um, in handheld with good set of headphones, mm. it's and, and, quite and, an unnerving experience. Another horror game that I want to play with headphones, um, I think it is on Switch, is Alien Isolation. Um, yes, it is on Switch. That's the perfect game for, for Switch, in my opinion. Um, it's a very good version as well. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I would recommend this. And, you know, for anyone that's listening that is looking for a, a quick Halloween game that, in my opinion, is, is quite spooky. Um, but, you know doesn't reinvent the wheel i'd say that it's it's a good call um so yes i'd I'd describe this game as solid yeah yeah it's um it's a recommendation from us both isn't it sort of a slight recommendation but yes so that is a reco a what it's a reco a reco yeah half a recommendation a reco yeah um yeah yes quite so, yes, that is our Halloween game for another year. Next time, it'll be five years. Goodness. Um, but, yes, so we've got quite a big game coming up next week, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. We do. On to that. Well. I'll let you do the honours. Yes. So I, I it's meant, your game? Yes, it is my game indeed next week. Uh, this is just a bit of a, an underlying game that we've put in as it's Halloween for this one. Um, so yeah, last week on the Uncharted 3 episode, I, I'd mentioned that we had quite a big game coming up and anyone that's listened to the podcast for numerous years, um, or since the beginning or even knows episode. that my favorite game is Final Fantasy 7. And that is the game. Even if you listen are... for the last five minutes, you probably know that. Yeah. If, if you, if you've ever set eyes on me, you will know that Final Fantasy 7 is my favorite game of all time. Um, and yeah, we, we've um, we've we're finally getting around to doing it, which I'm excited for because we've um, we've played uh, a couple of your favourite games ever, haven't we? Um, on the podcast, we've done yeah, Majora's Mask, Majora's Mask, Breath of the Wild, um, Breath of the Wild, and we've done a couple of games that are probably in my top five, but we've never really come close to to my top ones. And anyone that's listened for a while, like I said, I've mentioned this game often. And yeah, we're finally getting around to Final Fantasy VII, and I'm very excited because you've you've never played it before, um, and you've heard me rabbit on about I've it. I think I played it for about ten, well, no, maybe half hour. Half hour. Then you house. got sick of the graphics, and you're like, no, I'm not playing child. this anymore. 
I remember a very specific, I have a very specific memory from the time from when I was young. So we'll see if that actually resembles. What is it you, what is it you remember? I couldn't even say. Um, I will tell you if, if it I'll, shows I'll try and describe it. If, if, if I can, yeah, mm. if I, I couldn't elaborate more on it. Fair enough. Um, we are going to take a couple of weeks um, off to play this because obviously it's yeah. a big game and there's a lot to it and we usually take a couple of weeks off every three or four games or so. So that episode will be coming out, I believe... 9th of November. I thought so. Yeah, excellent. So yeah, Final Fantasy VII will be coming out on the 9th of November. Unless we are delayed for any reason, but we will obviously keep you informed. Yes, quite. Um, my advice to you we always try yeah. and give each other a, a bit of advice before we start one of the other's games um i would say try and try and look past the graphics this is a this game hasn't aged well in terms of looks um and it is i think it's a really really good looking game it is and in fact you look like all of the uh, the character models in that game actually particularly the, your forearms um you look very much like <laughs> a popeye uh, but yes, so my, my my advice is to to look past the graphics and also be curious with your exploration in this game. Talk to as many people as you can and just yeah, just go with it. I suppose um, is my advice. Okay. So yes, that is coming out on the 9th of November. Be probably quite a big episode, but yes, we will see you then. Um, in the meantime. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can reach out to us on social media, Long Short Bit Podcast, email Long Short Bit Podcast at hotmail.com. Uh, as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it or comment or let us know what you think. Um, and yes, we hope that you have a very happy Halloween, I suppose, as this is coming out a few days before. Uh, are you going trick or treating with your cat? Halloween. Um, yes, as mm. I do every year, I will be going trick-or-treating with my cats yes and um we expect all sorts of goodies mm, that's quite right from the dreamies we want dreamies you do dreamies. and you won't be giving any to your cat will you no, no. they're for me yeah that's right because you're a weird cat man but uh yes we uh Correct. we hope that you have a very happy halloween and we'll see you in a couple of weeks time for final fantasy 7 in the meantime take care cheerio see you on the next one